So continuing that argument of the Kuzari of explaining how Klai Yisrael was, so to speak, the heirs of the unique level of people which began with Adam. So he says, not only that, they also were given Eretz Yisrael, which was the place which was specifically meant as, the, he said before, the climate, but also a place which was Roy, which was ready for the revelation of, so to speak, the Ruch HaKadosh. We said last time also that Vizari says that in the world was given Eretz Yisrael, we always think it's after the Kaisal conquered Eretz Yisrael. There was a certain Kadosh there. He understood that it was even before. And there was something special about the place. So it was a place which was more ready for Nevoah. The sons of Yaakov was the first time we find a community, a group of people that have this level. Until then, it was only individuals. Adam, uh, Noach, whatever it was, they're all individuals. Hashem called him to multiply and become a nation in Mitzrayim. Just like a tree will produce seeds which will create more trees like itself, same thing, the descendants of Kaishal became a nation which is similar to the Shvatim who essentially planted them, who began to increase and multiply and create out of a family a whole nation. Out of the descendants of the Shvatim came Moshe, Aaron, Miriam, Metzalel, Oliyav, the Rashi Matas, the Shibuskanim. These are the leaders, the great people of Kaisal, Yeshua Benun, Kaleb Benifone, Chur Benoshal Miriam. Those are awesome rabbis. Those are the ones that Torah mentions, but there were other great people as well in and now what does he want to say? Since it's no longer an individual, they're now a whole community, they're now a whole nation of people on this level. Now they were Roy to receive the Buh. Until now it was only individuals who Adam, Noach, the obvious who had been able to receive the Buh. Now it became something which there was a communal group of people who were right for that. And not everybody was such a tzaddik, but that was the level of the rabbi. And that's why he says, If there would be rebels among the midst of Klaishra who weren't right for it, they would be despised by everyone else. That wasn't part of what the, so to speak, majority of Klaishra were. So, like we saw last time, the Kuzari understands very literally and Am Sugula means there's something special about them as people. It's not just the Ruchnis Nekamala that they received. The Sugula is, the, so to speak, the inheritance that they got from other Mauritian, which made them unique, different to everyone else. Were these people specified? Let's answer the question that we don't find all the Darius with Tzadikim. Uh, Tarach wasn't a Tzadik, Nachor wasn't a Tzadik. There were Darius in that chain of Yuchos which weren't a Tzadikim. So he explains. He says, Sometimes you'll see a father who is a Mamre, is a rebel, but you'll see in his son or his grandson it returns to, so to speak, the genetic kayak that there was in the Doris before that. Even if there were people like Terach along the line 
And they themselves weren't on that level. But their children came back to it again. We don't find from the descendants of Ham and Yefes anybody on that level. So they, they had no connection to what he calls the scholar. So to speak, the, 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 that, that line of people who, was, who had the ability to really receive Nebuah. And even if along the line of Nebuah you do find people who didn't deserve it, it didn't interrupt the flow. It could go to the, genetically, so to speak, to the grandson. And even if in the middle door, which didn't exhibit that sign, right, but if, he, if his child has that Milo, that Koyach, then it's called, like we say, it's like a gene which wasn't a dominant gene in the father, but it was there. And therefore, even though we have Doris like Terach and others who were Rishayim, but the Koyach of Nevoah, which was passed down through him, came back out again, so it just missed the dough. Right. So that's the, therefore we see that Yisrael had a certain Maila, and that's what the first point that the Chacham wants to say, and it was a continuation of the Maila of other Mauritians. Now, at this stage, he hasn't yet dealt with the question the king asked him. He's just given a background, which gets us to the stage of Matan Torah. And that's what the king tells him. He said, you haven't answered my question. In Vav, the king tells him back, Omar Khazari, It's true that there was a certain level which came from Adam Arishan. And he agrees also that Adam Arishan was the greatest of, of, of the examples of people we have. Adam was the greatest. And if then, therefore, Klai Yisrael were the continuation of Adam Arishan, and therefore, it makes sense that there is that latent greatness in Klai Yisrael more than anybody else. That is prepared to accept the king. Now, this is interesting, because this is something that the king originally argued with him about. When the Chacham told him right at the beginning, he says that just like you understand, there's a level of inanimate objects, tzimeach, living things, animals, people, they're all different levels, there's also a level of Klai Yisrael. And right at the beginning of the Sefer, the king told him back, he said, I don't accept that. What makes Klai Yisrael uniquely different? So the Khazari, the Chacham tried to explain this then as well, without the same Arichas. He said, you should know that you have an example of someone who's a Navi, somebody who has non-physical properties. Right? Got, that's not similar to other people. So you see that there's a uniqueness about Klai Yisrael which other nations don't have. Now, he's gone back to explain it, that it wasn't just a, a level that they reached, it really was a Yerusha from other Mauritians. In other words, now he's explained that there was something from the, from the Sherish, from the source, there was something different about Klai Yisrael. What came out of the, that, that Koyach from Adam only went to Shes, it didn't go to Cain. When it came to Noach, it only went to Shem, it didn't go to Chom and Yafes. From the sense of Shem, it only went down the line of Aver until eventually Abraham Avinu. So now he's explained it differently. Not that they reached a certain Maida, that they were Nevi'im, but this was something which was, so to speak, in, inherently within them to reach that Maida. The, which that guy, the, now the Kodesh really accept that, which is interesting. He says, I accept that. You're right. But, it doesn't answer my question. You're right, the Kodesh will have a Maila. But I ask you, how do you explain Chaita Ego? So, as, however great you want to say Kodesh Shol is, right, or were, that doesn't ex- give a justification of what they did. One more point I want to add, because I doesn't say it here, but the Adam Mephosh should bring it down. And that is, if we look down the line of 
If you look down the line, so to speak, if the Kazari is built for us, from Adam to Nayach to Shem, to the descendants of Shem, until eventually Avraham Avinu, to Yitzchak Yaakov. The only question along the line we have is Esav. Esav. Because Esav also emanates from that line. If that's the case, the Chayra, just like Yitzchak and afterwards Yaakov and afterwards the Shvatim are a continuation of that Koyach which was originally the special Koyach which was given to Adam Rishon and passed down that, the family so that should have to Esav too he was also a son of Yitzchak he was also a grandson of Abraham so why doesn't why isn't Esav also given this Maila so to speak that he is coming from the same ancestry of of, of Yaakov of, and going up the Ovis until Adam Rishon as well why is it more Shreya Yisab than Yishma? Because Yishma was a Ben Ashifcha. And a Ben Ashifcha was Mesiyach HaZacharya. The Esav was the son of Yitzchak and Rivka, just like Yaakov was. Even though normally Mesiyach is, even though he's only doing Mesiyach to the Av, nothing. He's Mesiyach to the Av, but again, Mesiyach is different. When you're talking about the marriage, like the Gemara says, it's Mesiyach is after the father, but when in the case of Yishma, so then there's no Yichus by Yishma. Ah, so he included all the Shvatim. Included all the Shvatim, right. From Ben and Zilpa, they went shvachus. Even even though they were given the shvachus to to yeah. Rachel and Naya when they got married, at the Maisa, when Yaakov chose to marry them, he freed them. Bahagar, she, you see, she's called the shivcha of Sarah even after, even afterwards, after Abraham marries. And he tells Sarah, "You're shivcha sich biyadech. Your Maisa is in your hand. Do what you want with her." So you see that he didn't elevate her to the status of a wife. She was still considered a shivcha of Sarah afterwards. Okay, so that Ishmael doesn't count. Ishmael is the son of a shifcha, but what about Esav? Well, Esav advocated. There is. There is a discussion in the Gemara. The Gemara in Kedushin, in Gimel of Talad, has the argument if Esav is begeder and like he's like a guy, or he's like a Yisrael woman. Right? Uh, the, now, Esav's descendants for sure aren't here, and that's nothing to talk about. He married non Jews, and therefore the, he wasn't Makaradim, and therefore his children would follow the mother. But Esav himself, as a person, the Gemara is a question about that. What, what's the status for Esav? Not because Esav was a Tzadik. He definitely wasn't. But the question is, does that make him not part of Yisrael? Or do you say he has a status of Yisrael who's like a Mumar, who's, but he still has the minors of Yisrael? And it's this question. Does Esav still have the minors of being born into the family of Yisrael and Rivka? The Maral explains something very interesting. The Maral says, you see, that what Esav had was the clothing of Adam Rishon. The, the, the garden of Hamuda is the clothing that he used to hunt with, which Rivka borrowed, so to speak, to give to Yaakov, which is a big Adam Rishon. It was certain clothing Hashem made for Adam Rishon, and Esav had taken, taken over these clothing. It's, uh, the Gemara says about Yaakov, in the Gemara in Bav Matir, the Gemara says about Yaakov, that Shufra di Yaakov ma'en Shufra di Adam Rishon. That the skin of Yaakov shone like the skin of Adam Rishon. So what the Maral says there is that it's true, Esau was also a Yerush from Adam Arishan, but they were Yerush two different things. Yaakov was Yerush the beauty of Adam Arishan, and Esau was Yerush the clothing. And what does he mean with that? What does he mean with that? That the, the, shuf, the, the fact that a person's face shines isn't just the skin tone of the, uh, the color tone of their skin, right? or how, how it reflects light. The shining of the skin is the Chachmas Adam Tayyipanov. Like the Bosak says in Gehelis. It's the, the Chach, the person has, shines through his face. Like Moshe Rabbeinu. And if that's the case, what 
Yaakov got from other Mauritian was the Pneumius of other Mauritian. And that's, that was shown by the, the fact that his face shone. That was what he was Yerush from Adam. What Asa was Yerush from other Mauritian was the, was the physical ability to other Mauritian. He was a good hunter. He knew how to command animals or be dominant animals. And that was represented by the clothing. So it's true that there was also a chalik that Asa was Yerush from Adam, but he wasn't Yerush the Gedul of Adam. He was Yerush the power of Adam. And therefore, in Akhanami, the, when we're talking about the spiritual milus, which became the Indian hierarchy with, with the Khazari course, the ability to receive Nivu, that was specifically passed down to Yaakov and not to Esau. Okay, so that's the... So, so now, before we get to the next part, where the Ravira Levi is going to use the Chacham as his mouthpiece to explain Chetzegel, not obviously to justify Chetzegel, like we can't do the Torah service in Avera, but to put into context what the Avera was. So before I go to the Khazari's answer, once again, I'm re- re- repeating what I said in the previous year, and that is when we talk about Chatzayim of early Averis, the Rishonim break into three camps, how we look at it. Either we say the Torah made the, look, makes the crime look much worse than it really was, number one. Number two, the Torah expects more from them, and therefore punishes more severely for a much more minor infraction. The Hashem judges Tzadikim Kachot Asaira. And number three, that the feed Dargosam, the feed the level of the Torah that they had to contend with, we made it that it was a much more difficult design. Those are the three Mahalchim which are trying to work. I'm just repeating it before we see how Rabbi Levi is going to address it. There's another point also I want to give as a Hakdama, again, just to put his answer into context to what the other is showing him say to answer the same question. And that is, what was the Hakuk Chayishra on the level they were at after everything they, they had experienced make, fall for an Averi Lachayta Ego? So here also, there's two other Mahalchim in the Rishonim also. The one Mahalachim in the Rishonim is, that the Chayta Egel was never meant to be an Avodah It wasn't a rebellion against Hashem. It was meant to replace Moshe Rabbeinu. And the Ramban says this. He says that the Jewish people's taina was, what happened to Moshe? Because Moshe ish, he disappeared. So we need someone to replace Moshe. And it wasn't to have him to replace Hashem. It was there to replace Moshe. And especially if you add the, mid- the Midrash that they saw Moshe's iron floating in the sky, and they thought he had died, and now they felt lost without him, and therefore the Egel was meant to replace Moshe. So, it's, it's an Avera, but it's not Avodah Zarah. Avodah Zarah is looking at some other power to replace Hashem, or to stand in place of Hashem, and it wasn't what the Egel was meant to be. It was meant to be to replace Moshe Rabbeinu. Now, it's still also, we don't do that. We don't make molten images of anything. Right? But if it wasn't meant to be, it wasn't meant to be, so to speak, taking the source of power away from Hashem, then it, even though it was, what they did was wrong, it was Leitasa and Chopesel, but it wasn't Avodah Zarah. Right. That's why Maharech, Maharech of the Ramban, what needs to be explained there, obviously, is the words of the Pasuk. When the Pasuk says that they said, Ele Lehecha Yisrael. As they didn't say, this is your leader, or this is your Navi, they said, Ele Lehecha. This is your God. So that needs to be explained, 100%. That's the, that's the one Maharech which is used to explain Chayt Is there also a Fina Ramban, and that's, that's a good question. And the other answer, the other Malik is, like we said before, and that is, even the Klai Yisrael are all together held responsible for the Chait, either it wasn't so many of Klai Yisrael, or it was the Erev Rav, whatever it was. So we're not minimizing what they did, but we're minimizing how many people were guilty of doing it. It wasn't the whole Klai Yisrael. It was a small amount of Klai Yisrael. And then even if you go, that, that's how Rashi learns. That's how Rashi learns. Rashi explains it literally. They wanted Avodah Zarah. 
and they bow down to it, and they sacrifice to it, and they, there are all kinds of other things, like Kumar Tzachek, Rashi says that they're involved in Ritzich and the rice, and he makes it sound really bad what they did, but Rashi says it wasn't Klai Yisrael, it's Erev. Okay, so those are the two, the two ways to minimize, so to speak, the, in the Rishonim, to minimize the severity of what Klai Yisrael did. Now, the Chacham, the Shukhazari, is going to bring his argument here, is going to go somewhere in between. It's very interesting. So with the background now of what the other Rishonim say, let's start to see how the Kuzari talks about it. Omer HaChavir. I study Zayin. Ki ha'umas kulam b'zmanahu ha'yo'evdim turis. All the nations had tourists, had forms or idols, statues, which they used to worship. And the ilu ha'yo ha'philosoph ha'philosophim mevim mo'ifes ala yichud ve'al ha'elahus Even if the philosophers of the time, whoever the thinkers or the Theologists of the time would have been, would have proved that there's a yichud, that there's only one God, right? Still, they wouldn't have been able to present a religion without some kind of a form, some kind of an object that people would use as a deity. They would tell the people, they would say that this form is something which connects them to the divine source. Now, what does that mean? What does that mean? So, maybe it's worth giving a two-minute antidote here to explain about the Zara in general, because it's something which isn't often understood. And that is, nobody was so stupid that they would carve a statue out of stone, or wood, whatever it was, and say, that's the God, let's bow down to it. They also knew it couldn't do anything. They made it themselves. Right? The Avodah Zarah weren't that childish. It wasn't what they were doing. So what were they doing? What was the point of bowing down to, a star, to a, a, an idol or a statue or an animal or whatever else it was that they bowed down to? What were they trying to do? So I'm going to use a marshal of something which still exists in the world today because otherwise to try and explain Avodah Zarah which is something we don't really relate to today, will be much more difficult. Okay. So there is something which is a certain branch of Avedah Zara which still exists today. I'm not recommending it in any way. It's a bigger Avedah. That's what the Torah calls Torah Shalamesim. means trying to communicate with the Shamas of people who have died, or what they call today in English, Siyansi. Right? The Siyansi is a way to connect to a Neshama of somebody who died and talk to them. And even though it's, it's within the umbrella of various which are connected to Avodah Zarah, the Maya is something which people still do do today and can do today, unfortunately. How do they do it? They light a candle, and whatever Koyach of the they know what to do with it, they can bring the Nasham of a person down to the candle. And then they'll talk to it through the candle. Why a candle? Because the Pasuk says, Ner Hashem, Nishmasodam. So a candle is something physical, but it represents the Nasham. So I can use the physical item to access a spiritual source, which is similar in some way to it. And therefore, they can't just talk to a mess. They have to use, they have to find an object to bring it to. Right? And while they have a physical object, now I can connect the spiritual point to that physical thing because there's a connection between them. And then you that I have a way to access a spiritual thing through a physical medium. And that's, like I said, something we can understand because unfortunately this happens still today. Now, if you understand this, the principle, then you understand exactly what Avodah was doing. And what, no one was interested in the statue. It wasn't that they considered that a god. It was a medium. It was a medium to bring down something which they could communicate with through a physical thing. 
And therefore, what the statue was, or what the statue was made of, or what the, the item was that they wanted to worship, was defining the, cor- the corresponding physical thing to the spiritual koyach they wanted to work with. Because you can't put a stone on the table and bring an ashamah to a stone. There's no shaykhs. A, st- a candle in some way has a shaykhs to an ashamah. And therefore, a candle can be used as a medium to bring an ashamah down. And now if I'm trying to bring down some other spiritual koyach, so what the old Zara had to do was to find the physical medium which could be used to access that koyach. I'll give you an example because it's coming up soon. Avodah of Mitzrayim. It says in the Torah many times, Mitzrayim worshipped the sheep. Right? Because in Mitzrayim the sheep was considered Kodesh. The sheep is a weak, defenseless little animal. What are they worshipping a sheep for? And the answer is, they weren't interested in the sheep. What Mitzrayim was worshipping was the Mazel Tle in Shemaim. The first of the twelve Mazalis, of the twelve constellations of stars, of the zodiac is the sheep. Mitzrayim knew they were the first world empire, and therefore they thought that the Hashbot Mitzrayim came from the first of the twelve Mazalis, which was the sheep. Okay, how are you going to access the Koyach in the sky? So the sheep here was the representation of the sheep there, and therefore they could use this as the medium to bring down a Koyach from that level in Shemaim. And therefore it wasn't so much what they worshipped as what, as what the used as the medium to bring down what they wanted to. So that's the first point. And therefore what the Kuzari says, what the Kuzari says is even if they would have understood a principle of some spiritual God, the people at the time, uh, they would have needed a medium to work with. Because the way they understood things have to work is in order to relate to a spiritual thing, the only way to relate to a spiritual thing the only way to relate to a spiritual thing is to bring it down to something physical which we can relate to. And therefore he says, as a background, the older Vazar at the time would understood worship as something which needs to go via through the medium of a physical thing and they would have to make that physical thing in order to create the connection um, to a spiritual entity. Okay, that's, what he, that's the first Haktama. Tomorrow we'll go back to we'll see how he uses this to explain Firstly, more what Avodah Zarah was, and more what the mistake was, which was behind Chet Egel.